Welcome to Activations with JJ Ascension School, Part 3. Hello and welcome to this third episode of my Ascension School series, where I bring through knowledge, information, wisdom, all the things we need to expand and grow beyond sort of the limited education we got here on the planet regarding interdimensionals, energy, and everything about the human experience that they don't want you to know. Just kidding. I'm still not into that conspiracy because I feel like I'm I'm moving into a place of unity and wholeness. That's my goal. In the new earth, that's what we'll have. But basically what I've decided to do today was touch on some different things that came up during the amazing 12-12 sessions I had this weekend. If you are not in the loop, what I did for the 12-12 energy portal was a bunch of different DNA activations. I did one-on-one sessions as well as group activations where we brought through different energies to help us activate additional DNA strands. As we do that, we expand and we move up in density to higher densities with the planet because that's what the planet's doing right now. When I read people's DNA, a lot of different starseed races came up, and so I thought this would be good for me to talk about in Ascension School. A lot of us aren't very educated about the starseed races and about what they are. And as you know, most of it is simply just been channeled by people. We have bits and pieces left over from ancient cultures that we can draw, kind of put puzzle pieces together, but we really don't have anything comprehensive other than channeled information. And I'm super happy to have all those resources on the internet to draw from. I have my Sal Rochelle book, Earth Changes and Beyond. There are so many people that have channeled so many things. I do feel that after this, you may have a draw towards certain resources, and I'm going to post different things in the description of the of the video so that you have access to those. But again, you can always just use Google search and set the intention that spirit will lead you and guide you where you need to go to find out about the races that you feel connected to. As a side note, I did an energy update this week and it was the Galactic Federation coming through. And so many people were excited when I mentioned possibly doing a Galactic Federation group gathering. And so For my soul family gatherings, there's always a theme. I've been doing Pleiadian, Arcturian, and Fairies and Elementals. And by the way, the Fairies and Elementals is coming up on the 19th. There is still room for you to join that. I would love to have you come with us as we experience their energies. I think it's an amazing energy as we approach the holiday season for many people. It's kind of a time of light and a time where we can have that magic come into our lives. So if you want to join me, the link is down in the description again of the podcast or the video. So I just had to say that really quickly. Anyhow, I just did this Galactic Federation energy update and I kind of was just testing the water to see who would be interested and I had an overwhelming response. So overwhelming that I have definitely decided to move forward with my plans to do a Galactic Federation soul family gathering. All the details about that are again in the description down here. Or you can go to my website. It'll be right on the front page. Soul Family Gathering, Galactic Federation. And I know what the theme is going to be. It came to me. I just As soon as I decided to do one, the Galactic Federation dropped right in and gave me some downloads on what we're going to be covering. And just to give you a little hint, it has to do with shifting timelines on the planet. So I would also love to have you join me for that. Link is down below. Moving into what I'd like to cover today, 
these are definitely very informational episodes. They're not always going to be just like my other ones where I have activations or guided meditations. It's a lot of content. My hope is that you don't get too overwhelmed, that you can absorb what I'm talking about, and that you can go and explore things that resonate with you. This particular episode, again, I will be discussing different starseed races based on resources I have found on the internet and books I have read. So really what I'm planning on doing is just covering some of the main starseed races, talking a little bit about what that means, where they're from, and what your characteristics would be if you fall into that category. The first one is one that I feel very drawn to, and that is Arcturians. As you know, I've published some Arcturian light codes, some different light language from the Arcturians, and I also have my monthly Arcturian gatherings, and they are incredible. But in case you wondered a little bit more about the Arcturians, they come from the star Arcturus, which is a red giant located in the Boates constellation. So you can use your little app. I don't know how many of you have them. There's Skyview Light, which is one that I use. It's a free app. Just point it up to the sky and you can see where Arcturus is. As a side note, I have frequently been drawn to that star. I'll be looking up at the sky without my app and a, and a star will literally be talking to me. I can feel it calling to me. When I turn on my phone and I look to see what it is, because I don't have it memorized yet, like there's so many and it's Arcturus, Arcturus, and I know I have a strong connection with them. They are very advanced star beings, and as with all different races, there are different densities. So if you ever hear people talking about, oh, those ones are bad, and then sometimes people are like, well, they're benevolent. Well, they're all of the things, because they're different densities. What you resonate at, the vibration that you resonate at, determines how you interact with them. And they also, they also incarnate on Earth frequently. So many of you have Arcturian DNA. And I've, I've done the DNA readings this weekend. I've told other people who have done past life regressions or parallel life regressions with. They have Arcturian family members. One of my favorite things to do is to connect people with their starseed families. And even though in the 12-12 sessions we didn't necessarily get to fully connect, I just kind of read what families they were connected to. When I do a full session where I bring through their family, it is the most beautiful thing. The most beautiful thing. For those of you who have experienced it, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's incredible. Some of you have experienced it just listening to different podcasts about your starseed family, and you may have felt that love. It's something you can't even define with words. It's just so amazing. But the Arcturians often communicate with symbols, and I've talked about that before. I feel like they're very mathematical. They're very technologically advanced. We worked with the Arcturian healing chambers a couple of weeks ago. They have very advanced, what we might call advanced medicine, but technology. And sometimes people believe that Toth, the Egyptian god of wisdom, has a home in Arcturus. And obviously, I don't have time today to channel all of the things about the Arcturians, that's why I'm kind of running through some of the information I've gathered. Some of the traits of Arcturians include a passion for technology, leaders in their communities and workplaces. Sometimes they can come off very non-emotional and also a little bit arrogant. They're really good at math, especially geometry and physics. They like to plan. They like structure. Overall, if I were to define the type of energy the Arcturians have, it's definitely a more masculine energy. 
So that makes sense that they like to plan. They have a dreams and ideas about how to set up a new society where technology and spirituality meld cohesively. So many, so many of you who are listening to this that I've had sessions with, I know I've talked to you about your projects and about how you have that desire to meld technology and spirituality. And I wholeheartedly encourage you to do that. It's coming. It's totally coming. Sometimes these Arcturians feel like the black sheep of the family. So if you feel like that, a lot of starseeds do. Uh, that could be you as well. And again, I mentioned this already, but I want to make sure you know they're, they're not very in tune with their emotions a lot. So they kind of are learning how to do that on Earth. They also have sensory processing issues, like they're highly sensitive to lights, sounds, textures, and smells. So that might confirm some things for you as far as you having Arcturian DNA. All right, let's move on to Pleiadian. I'm trying to hit the main races that I've talked about here on the podcast. So Pleiadian's another one. You guys know I have my Pleiadian energy calibrations. When I think Pleiadian, I think very blue. Blue is the color that comes out. In fact, Arcturian comes out green to me. That's just the way I see their energy. Pleiades also, they feel more feminine in a way. Um, as I kind of go through some of this information, that'll make sense to you why. But the Pleiades is a star system, not just one star. And the Pleiades consists of the seven bright stars. Um, some people believe that the Akashic records are housed in those stars. Although I have to say, as I read different information, I'm kind of like, well, I see that. But I also think the Akashic records are on a plane accessible to anybody. So I don't know that they have a physical place. That's just my personal opinion. But the Pleiadian starseeds are able to adapt to different densities and they can incarnate on earth from many different dimensions. So oftentimes their traits are gentle in nature and meek manner mannerisms. They are humanitarians. They're very, very empathic. A lot of Pleiadians have Norse or Northern European ancestry and DNA. I also feel like the Pleiadians are very connected to the fairies and the elves. They are all about love and want to spread the world. Sometimes if you have Pleiadian physical DNA, because there is energetic DNA and there's physical DNA, the Pleiadians did interbreed with some humans. Those people who have the Pleiadian DNA physically oftentimes have high cheekbones, long limbs, and strong jawlines. In, in addition to that, they're very interested in healing. Pleiadians can also be people pleasers, if you feel like that's you. That's oftentimes an empath too, so if, understand that. They are very balanced in their polarity. They almost might come off as just like non-binary because they're so balanced between male and female and sun and moon and above below. There's just a very good balance there. And finally, they might struggle with some food sensitivities, um, sensory issues, and anxiety when they're not in alignment. Those are also really strong characteristics of empaths as a whole. Those of you who are empaths know when you're not in alignment, it does affect you. And so um, always remember to assert yourself and to assert your sovereignty and know that you can really create and manifest any physical responses you're having and actually lower the discomfort you're having in any time you're feeling in, you know, not in alignment with something around you. So those are the Pleiadians. I did a Pleiadian DNA activation on 1212. 
And I haven't done a soul family gathering with the Pleiadians before, but I'm planning on doing more just because it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful thing. So that's that's Pleiadian. Moving on, I want to cover Syrian because I have also talked about the Syrian star seeds. And of course, we call it the dog star. And we have had many, many eons on earth where people have been obsessed with it. Lots of, lots of ancient cultures are related to it. Ancient Egypt, Africa, other cultures have connections with it. It's the brightest star in the night sky. And um, it's also called Alpha Canis Majoris. And that has to do with the dog in, that, in Latin. So here are some of the traits of a Syrian starseed. I kind of was interested in this because I know that they have a love for canines and that's pretty obvious. Like if you love dogs, you could probably definitely have a connection to Syrian. They don't express their emotions well, but they're very even keeled, very even keeled. They are drawn to lost civilizations and ancient cultures. They also might have Lyran starseed traits. They might be cat-like or lion-like. So that's kind of a crossover there. They maintain a few close friends instead of many casual friends and acquaintances. They feel they have a mission to save the planet or defend animal rights. They are very aligned in their throat and chakra alignment. They also like a lot of tattoos and piercings and like expressing themselves artistically. In addition, they may feel like a really strong connection to the water element. Mermaids, whales, dolphins, all those things. If they don't have a love for dogs, it's possible they have a love for cats. So that's where there's kind of a crossover there. And moving into that one, I'm going to switch straight into Lyran because it's related to Syrian. Lyran is also going to be quite connected to different ancient cultures like Egypt. The beings from Lyra include felines, vegans, not like vegetarian vegans, but the star, and Lyrans. Um, Lyra is a constellation and it's vague. So I should technically call it Vega because that's how I've heard it heard it said, but it's spelled V-E-G-A-N, like vegan, but it's Vega. So you could say it's Vegans. That's the main planet of origin. I have brought through Lyran energy, as you know, and they had a very cat-like uh, light language. Uh, this is a whole, uh, the light language of each of these cultures is also really fascinating. I think I'm planning on doing another sort of more light language centric podcast episode where I will speak the different languages so you can hear the differences between them. But moving on to the Lyrans to describe them a little bit more. They have a cat-like or bird-like appearance sometimes, like cat-like eyes, more of a beak-like nose. They enjoy physical labor and are hard workers. They take great pleasure in good and exotic food, beverage, and sexuality. They have a strong affinity with cats or birds, right? They are athletic in nature, and they need more sleep than the typical human being. I wonder if that resonates with some of you. They enjoy social environments, but prefer to observe rather than to be the life of the party. They are very, very, very independent. Kind of like what you'd think a cat would be. You know, cats definitely aren't like dogs. They love to travel and explore and have a cat-like curiosity. They often incarnate into fire zodiac signs, particularly Leo and Sagittarius. They have goals, but they get distracted easily. This reminds me of the Enneagram, if any of you have found out what your Enneagram numbers are. I, I'm thinking in my mind that some of these starseed traits correlate to the Enneagram. So it would be really cool. 
I'm sure I am not the first person to think about this. And I bet you if you just Google it, somebody has already decided to draw, draw parallels and decide which Enneagram numbers associate with which starseed races. But it would really, really be cool to find out that stuff. And I, I can already see, because I know the Enneagram pretty well, some of these that come up. I do want to drop in here and tell you two races that were, I guess, I don't know, I've thought of them before, but not really, that I thought was very informational. These are the last two I'll talk about today. One of them is Venusian from Venus, and the other is Martian. So I just want to give you a little bit of information. So Venus used to uh, be a planet that had existence, and I believe it still does, honestly. Like if we can't see it on there, it's just because our 3D self can't see it. I mean, there's there's beings on the sun. It's a portal. It's a portal where people walk in and out of In one of the Dolores Cannon books, they talk about it. It's like a big, it's like Grand Central Station for our galaxy. So just because we don't see things with our human technology doesn't mean they don't live in them. The Venusians live in the fourth dimension, which explains why we can't see them very well. But they are also called the Hathors. The Hathor is an ancient Egyptian cow goddess of love and motherhood. It's said she's from Venus and seeded Venusians on Earth to teach love, which is very beautiful. Again, ancient cultures have a lot of links to these. Venusian starseeds are often very tall. They are sensual and passionate individuals, have a hard time committing to one mate. They feel very connected to the universe, higher self, and guides. Sometimes they are labeled as flighty. They have a huge interest in metaphysics and bringing the new age in. And they are very drawn to Egypt, the goddess Hathor, as well as Venus and Aphrodite. They often are attractive individuals with coveted fa facial features, which I thought was an interesting one. Finally, we have the Martians. Again, I feel like I'm drawn to tell you about these. I don't know why, for sure. Sometimes I just let spirit guide. But the Martians obviously come from Mars. People believe that life existed in this dimension on Mars many years ago because of the discovery of water on the red planet. There's not a lot known about the Martian starseeds according to this particular channel um, and this site that I'm kind of basing it off of. But some claim they had origins on the planet. And so for Martians, being drawn to the planet Mars, having a desire to advance the human race, having a strong connection to water and fire elements, and having memories of dreams being on the surface of Mars. So in addition to this information, Sal Rochelle actually presents some other pieces of information about Mars, especially regarding the whole history and that's in the earth changes and beyond book and i just want to draw your attention to that i feel like a lot of his book focuses on the lower density histories of mars and let me explain for just a moment what that means as we talk about different starseed races they are multi-dimensional and they are multi-density which means there are multiple timelines you can tap into if you want to find out about who they are and what their history is so according to Sal Rochelle, there was nuclear war on Mars. That's what caused the destruction. That's why it's barren. But he says that if you look carefully enough and scientists used their technology the way that they could, you will see remnants of pyramids on that planet. As we know, there is a decree of non-interference. And so that planet, according to Sal Rochelle, was a place of kind of a free-for-all for a lot of different races. And some of them were a little bit lower dimensional, and that's why some of the destruction happened there. 
I always want to channel and tap into, okay, what would their race be like higher density? And so there's a lot, there's so much we could do. I have a really strong feeling that I'm going to end up making this into some kind of a class where we can actually discuss things instead of me just being on an episode. It's a lot, but I really feel strongly about it. Um, I have taught a lot in my life. I have been a teacher as a profession and, and my focus has always been history. And so I feel like it just really melds so well with what's coming into my life right now and what we could do together as we sort of reintroduce all of these histories that were there but kind of got covered up. I think this is really important because as we interact more and more with interdimensionals, it's crucial that we have some kind of frame of reference, right? And again, not not everything that I have stated here may be right on every timeline, but as we just continue to play with this information, we will find ourselves more and more comfortable with interacting with them. And I think that time is going to come. I was just talking to somebody in a session about a group that she was part of where they traveled to a location, like a sort of what I guess the person had intuited was a sacred location. And they literally had kind of a contact with Arcturians. I know there's a lot of people doing that out there. This isn't the only group, but it just made me think of how many more groups are going to start forming where they are reaching out. Of course, there's that documentary on Netflix if you haven't seen it, and I cannot remember the name of it right now, but I'll try to look it up and post it in the notes. And There is a a gentleman who has a whole group of people and they do this. They interact with the interdimensionals all the time. They have a special way and special signals to call them in. So it's, it's it's an exciting time. That's all I can say. It's an exciting time. As I wrap up here, I just want to remind you to check out down below where I talk about the Galactic Federation gatherings I'm going to be doing. I would love for you to be part of it. If this just piqued your interest... There's a lot more out there, and I want to continually be taught. I plan on channeling a little bit more about some of this information, and it does go really well in a one-on-one session too. So if you have one or two or three that you resonate with, because by the way, your DNA can be made up of more than one starseed race, so don't feel like, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of these that resonate with me. It's okay. But in a one-on-one session, I would be absolutely honored to help you walk you through, connect, get more information to you so that you can begin to form those bonds. Well, remember is what we're talking about. That theme has come up so many times. Remember. Thank you for coming here to co-create with me, to be in this Ascension School process as we move forward on the planet. It's an incredible time. As always, the divinity within me honors the divinity within you. Namaste. Namaste.